W-P-H-A-T. You're listening to the number one health and wellness podcast, the place where health and consciousness connect perfectly, perfectly healthy, healthy and tone, tone radio, radio, radio with your host, Darren McDuffie. And now prepare to get fat. What's cracking, my peoples, and welcome to an episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your show host, Darren McDuffie, and today I have another exciting episode to share with you from Linda Elsie Good in her book, The LDN Book. Before getting into that episode, I wanted to remind you of a previous episode I did with Dr. Carolyn Mine on releasing emotional patterns with essential oils. If you have not had a chance to listen to that interview, I would urge you to do so right after listening to this one. You can listen to it on a blog talk radio platform or you can download the episode through iTunes which is what I like to do when I'm out and about and get all the information that way. But getting into today's episode with Linda Elsiegood there were a couple of things that stood out in my mind. Firstly for those of you who have been following my health journey there was a time that I would shun anything that came through pharmaceuticals any types of drugs and that's because I spent some time in a pharmaceutical industry. Now my mindset has kind of expanded and I know that there are some benefits fits for some people who like to use drugs and if you think that drugs will somehow fortify your beliefs and that they work for you chances are they will and I believe that everyone should find something that works for them now Linda's story is somewhat atypical I would say as Linda suffered from multiple sclerosis symptoms and she was looking for something that would work for her and she came across a drug called low-dose naltrexone I found out about low-dose naltrexone or LDN through a previous podcast I did maybe three years ago interviewing Dr. Allison Seebecker on a condition called SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And in that interview, we were talking about how you could use low-dose naltrexone to kind of heal the symptoms or heal the gut or the small intestine, so to speak, if you have that particular condition. In this interview, I came to the realization that when someone has multiple sclerosis symptoms or is suffering from any type of debilitating disease, the first thing is that that person is obviously going through something but on the flip side of that that person is also trying to look out for others and Linda explains how she almost ended her life because not only was she suffering but she was seeing that the other people were suffering who were trying to take care of her so you'll hear a little bit of that in the interview and Linda does a great job of explaining what LDN is what she went through her particular journey and how if you have an autoimmune disease, how to go about taking this to your doctor and getting LDN to work for you. Before we get into the interview, let me get into Linda's bio. Linda Elsiegood is the founder of the LDN Research Trust, which was set up in the UK as a registered charity in 2004 and is the editor of the LDN book. Diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in August of 2000, she started LDN therapy in December of 2003 and now has a better quality of life and hope for the future. Through the trust, she has connected thousands of patients, doctors, and pharmacists around the world with information, articles, and patient stories about LDN. Enjoy the interview, Pete. If you want to know more about LDN, please visit ldnresearch.org. Linda Elsiegood, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Thank you for inviting me, Darren. I'm looking forward to it. Well, great to have you. We, you and I were talking a little bit off, I won't say camera, but off audio, so to speak. Mm. And I told you that I 
heard about low dose naltrexone from SIBO. I did a podcast maybe about two, three years ago and came across SIBO and the person at that time, the practitioner that I had had the podcast with was talking about low dose naltrexone and it kind of piqued an interest uh, with me. And then I've had recently a friend of mine who went to do some LDN therapy and I wanted to know a little bit more about it. And you wrote a book called the LDN book. But before we get into the meat of the book, I wanted to really get you to talk about your journey because in the beginning of the book, you had this journey that really led you down a path to where you are today. But if you could really tell us about what happened with you and where you are right now. Okay. Um, When I was 32, I had the first symptoms of MS, but didn't know it at the time. Um, I would put my chin down to my chest and I'd have electric shocks go down both arms to my fingertips. Really weird sensation. And my doctor said that, I mean, that was a classic MS symptom. Maybe he didn't know what MS symptoms were, but he told me that it was a slip disc in my neck. Well, my husband used to work away. I had two children. I was the taxi. There was no way I could drive a car with a, with a collar on. So I, I didn't bother with that. And it, and it went. Um, but looking back in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, when I was 18, I used to have odd things happen to me on and off and they used to go. So I thought that all these weird things that used to happen to me, different numbness and twitching and, and so on were just one offs. You know, it, it came, it went nothing to worry about. I didn't realize that they were all just pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. So in Christmas 1999, my mother had a major heart attack. I'm an only child. And I thought if I sat beside her bed and held her hand and didn't go to sleep, she would live. If I went to sleep, she would die. I know it sounds bizarre, but that is what I honestly believed. So I went 48 hours without sleeping. Um, which for somebody with MS, but I didn't know I'd got MS, isn't a very good idea. And then everything started to go wrong. I had lots of issues and problems. And I'm just going to fast forward quite quickly. If not, it will be boring. So I went on holiday with my daughter in the Easter. And I thought, you know, it was Portugal. It was meant to be hot and sunny. It was cold, wet and windy. And I was phoning home and I said to my husband, you know, I can't get warm. I'm just shaking with cold. And the left-hand side of my face has gone numb with pins and needles. It's all the the rain because we didn't just sit. We just walked in, in the rain, not really thinking that it was anything sinister. So by the time I had an appointment to see a neurologist, I saw my doctor who said you'd have to see a neurologist. And by which time I had lost the hearing in my left ear, I had double vision. The left-hand side of my whole body was numb with pins and needles. I'd lost my bowel and bladder control. Cognitively, it was though I'd had a stroke. I couldn't recall vocabulary. Memory was gone. I was slurring my words, choking on my food. I suffered with vertigo. I had bad balance. I tripped. I fell. I stumbled. Um, the left leg lost its strength. Like it would be there one minute. It was like turning off an electric switch and it would go and I would I would fall over. So I was in a wheelchair. I had one course of intravenous steroids, which apparently you're only meant to have every two years. And six weeks later, uh, the neurologist was frightened that I was going to lose my eyesight completely and the hearing in my one good ear. So I had another course of intravenous steroids. And I'm a very pale person. Uh, Pale as in my normal colour is deathly white. 
Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was red. All these steroids, it just blew me up and I looked like a tomato. I was red. Uh, and it then just progressed o- over time. And by um, October 20, uh, 2003, I was told I was secondary progressive MS and nothing more could be done for me. And I started LDN on the 3rd of December 2003. And three weeks later, cognitively, you know, up until that point, it was like living in a television set that wasn't tuned in. I couldn't hear properly, see properly, think properly. And suddenly, wham, I woke up one morning and I could actually process thoughts. It was amazing. So I had a choice at that point. Did I want to say I'm okay, get on with my life? Or did I want to help other people who were still in that deep, dark place that I was in, where you think there's no way out? So I made it my mission to spread the word of LDN, not only to people with multiple sclerosis, but rheumatoid arthritis, thyroid problems, um, depression, there are actually, I think, 214 autoimmune conditions that LDN could possibly help with. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit later in the, in the podcast. My first question to you is, what even made you want to delve into using low-dose naltrexone? How did you even hear about it? Okay. Well, after I'd been told I was secondary progressive and nothing more could be done for me, I was willing to try anything. I, <laughs> I hate to say it because I'm not really a, a depressed type of person, but my life was so dire at that time. I was not able to achieve the simplest tasks. I failed in everything that I tried to do. And I felt as though I was just lying in bed and I fatigue was a big thing and I slept a lot. It was like looking at a calendar, you know, those ones that flick over, you know, the first of the month, the second, third forth and I hadn't done anything you know I was just wasting my life I wasn't able to live a normal life and I had contemplated um, taking these painkillers and ending it all not to be selfish for myself but I was making my family suffer everybody was suffering because they felt sorry for me they didn't know what to do to help me I was a burden to everybody everybody had to do things for me because I wasn't able to do it for myself and I knew that it was going to be my 15-year-old daughter who was going to find me. So I couldn't do that to her. So I thought, well, the only other option is to fight it and find something to actually help me live again. Um, I could only manage to sit at a computer for 10 minutes at a time. That was all I could do. I was so physically and mentally exhausted after 10 minutes. But I managed to find some people online who were taking LDN for MS. And they were in the US and they were willing to talk to me. And everybody told me the same thing. If it doesn't do you any good, it's not going to do you any harm. So I uh, printed out all the information to take to my doctors. Um, They weren't able to prescribe it. But my doctor said to me, she'd read all the information and she said if it was her, she would want to try it. And if I could find a doctor to give me a prescription, she would monitor me. So that's what I did. I found a doctor and managed to get a prescription for LDN. So now you're, you're taking LDN and mm-hmm. you are, I'm going to say, symptom-free now, MS symptom-free from, from this low-dose naltrexone. 
No, I wouldn't say I am symptom free. I would say I'm in a place where I'm able to continue living a, a near normal life. I know I've still got MS and I have to, if I overdo it, I can make myself, you know, so fatigued that I have to have perhaps two or three days in bed. But if I'm careful and I can plan things, I can do most things. Does that make sense? Yeah, with the, I guess the way that I'm looking at it is that you have not gone the course of normal MS because the course of normal MS, I mean, I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with Richard Pryor, who was a comedian. I interviewed Dr. Terry Walls and I remember Dr. Terry Walls was in a wheelchair. So to me, that's the normal progression of MS. You're this upright human being and then all of a sudden you you're in a wheelchair but you haven't gone through that normal progression just for from your use of LDN I was in a wheelchair before LDN I there are many people that take LDN who say it protects the immune system they don't get colds or viruses or whatever I've got a 10 year old grandson he was 10 years old the other day and he brings bugs and germs home and I catch them um, the same as I did before LDN. And it can upset my MS sometimes. But um, I've been taking it nearly 13 years now. And normally, if you get an infection or anything with MS, you can go downhill a little bit. And sometimes you don't ever recover. But I always go back to exactly where I was before. You know, for the, it, it took me 18 months to get fit after starting LDN because I, I was in bed all the time, which, you know, your muscles waste and tendons shrink and all this kind of thing. So that did take a while to, to get to a new, a new level of normality for me. And since then, I have managed to stay there. And when you are told you're secondary progressive, that means you're going downhill the whole time, whether it's fast or slow. It's a downhill journey, but I've managed to stabilize where. So I've been there nearly 12 years on that level platform, which is head and shoulders above where I was before LDM. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because so many people just start going down that slope and that's not a good thing. So it's good to hear that you are you know, kind of leveled out. Going towards LDN, because I want to maybe establish that it's not a miracle drug. And in your book, you say that it's not a miracle drug. Mm -hmm. What will distinguish it working for some and not working for others? Or is there anything distinguishable? Okay. From the all the doctors that I've interviewed and spoken to, it would seem, let's say, 80% of people LDN does something for. Now, there are people who will say a lot of people with autoimmune diseases do not sleep well, that they wake up, um, it's not refreshing sleep. And many people have told me that after the first dose of LDN, they've slept better that night than they, they have for years. So you, you get those kind of people. But it depends on what condition you have, whether you've got Crohn's disease, where you've got, you know, excruciating stomach pains, or if you have um, let's say alopecia where your hair has fallen out or you've got MS problems. You know, it, there are a lot of uh, and rheumatoid arthritis, let's just say. So you can, most of these conditions have pain of some kind, but every condition has its own 
symptoms. So when you're starting LDN for MS, it may help with the the balance and the vertigo and the cognitive problems. And if you speak to people with fibromyalgia, they talk about um, brain fog. Um, and that's what I was having with, with my MS. And people normally find that that clears and pain lessens. I mean, I've heard some amazing, remarkable stories for pain um, with LDN. But yes, I would say it's not a miracle drug or a cure. Um, that is our caveat. And we have to say that. But the stories, if people want to go onto our Vimeo channel and listen to not only doctors, researchers, scientists, but LDN users, I think there are about 400 different interviews there of people telling their stories. It's amazing. I want to get in the history of, of this drug because I think that it's very important. It seems like low-dose naltrexone was kind of born out of something else. Talk about that something else because the way that I read it in the book was it was kind of like something with morphine and then the opioid receptors and mm -hmm. then out of that low-dose naltrexone came on the scene but talk about that whole thing and how this thing that we're talking about right now was born out of something else. Okay well it, it wasn't something else it was the same thing it's naltrexone and LDN is low-dose naltrexone but it had been used in high doses and it was just called naltrexone. So this was back in the late 70s, early 80s, and it was used for addictions, heroin, alcohol. And what it did was block the receptors. So if you were taking heroin and you'd already taken the naltrexone, you didn't get high. It blocked those receptors and you, you just didn't notice. So the whole aim was that you would stop taking it because you would stop getting the buzz. That was the thoughts. I have spoken to people who took naltrexone and they used to take 50 milligram tablets three times a day. And because it blocked these receptors, it actually blocked all your endorphins and your endorphins, as you probably know, are your body's own natural feel good factor and painkiller. So these people felt flat. They felt absolutely wiped out. And some of them felt suicidal because it it did to block all your um, endorphins. So we know back in the late 70s where naltrexone was trialed for, for uh, use as 50 milligrams three times a day, but they found that in doses of 300 milligrams a day, it was harmful to the liver. So since the addicts were only taking half of the harmful dose, that was fine. And with LDN, it's normally maximum is usually around about three or 4.5 milligrams. So it's very, very minuscule dose. And it was also used in the 80s for HIV patients. And there have been trials done in Mali where they found that by using LDN, they could attack the HIV virus, which then stopped it from turning into full-blown AIDS. Yeah, I remember that from that study. It seems like a very positive study started using it for, for HIV. Mm. LDN, I guess the, the mechanism of action, what does it actually do? You mentioned endorphins. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it works on your endorphins and your toll-like receptors. Your body makes endorphins, not just at night, but during the day as well. And it looks to see how many endorphins you've got in your body and it makes it up to 100%. So by 
blocking the receptors, it always looks as though the body has no endorphins. So it produces extra. It produces 100%, even though you might already have, say, 40%. So you have extra endorphins. So that in itself helps with depression as well because it um, makes your mood a lot brighter. And I was going to say something else and I put myself off. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I, I do that too. I'll forget oh, my question, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, then the toll light receptors. Now, a lot of all, all the conditions really, as far as I can see, people with autoimmune diseases have very high levels of inflammation and with working on these toll right like receptors it actually reduces the inflammation in the body and by doing that symptoms usually recede as well and interestingly enough what you were saying before we started the interview was diet now diet is such a big deal you're absolutely right saying about um, being gluten-free that makes such a big difference to people's well-being what do they say that the the gut is the second brain yes mm -hmm. so i would say that ldn isn't really a standalone treatment that you you do need to look at the the body as a whole and if you expect ldn to be the be all and end all and you're living on mcdonald's and whatever other wendy's or that you have there in the u.s you're not going to have a healthy body if you're going to live on junk food. Yeah, we have it all here. I don't know what you have in UK, but we, <laughs> we have it all. Wendy's, McDonald's, Taco Bell, whatever you want to name, we pretty much have it all. It's so funny how this stuff comes a full circle, Linda, because I remember doing an interview about two years ago and we were talking, I was talking to someone about gluten. And in that interview, he mentioned that gluten has an opioid effect on the brain. And I remember when I used to eat gluten before I found out I was gluten sensitive, I felt this high from eating it. And we're talking about opioid receptors and all this other stuff with LDN. But I remember how I was just, I couldn't stop eating cookies and bread and all this other stuff and how I used to have this this opioid, it used to have this kind of high effect. And I'm like, wow, maybe I should have done some LDN for my, my gluten allergy. <laughs> but it's just amazing how all this stuff comes really uh, full circle. You mentioned the TLR cells and the fact that they reduce inflammation. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to ask you is gastrointestinal issues. Most of us are having issues with gastrointestinal tract, and that's where our immune system actually is. Is this one of the reasons why LDN is so effective for gastrointestinal issues? I mentioned off the air that I came about or on the air earlier, just coming across LDN with SIBO, and then you have Crohn's disease, and you have a lot of other gastrointestinal issues out there. But because it's able to increase the endorphins and work with the TLR cells, is this one of the reasons why LDN is really good for someone who might have these, these gastrointestinal issues? Yes, and that we have evidence. Um, Dr. Jill Smith from Penn State has done two trials on Crohn's disease. Absolutely amazing where they did, um, where you put the camera down, endoscopies, where the intestines were ulcerated they were angry they were really awful that they're, they're online you'll be able to see it and after only a few weeks of taking ldn the intestines were clear it looked like just looking down somebody's throat it's absolutely amazing and as you were saying with um gastrointestinal issues you have things like 
Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, celiac disease, irritable bowel syndrome, all of these issues. But some people have absorption problems by taking LDN and to get round that issue, if it does upset your stomach, there are sublingual drops which you put under your tongue and it's absorbed bypassing the stomach. So that is something to think of if you do have um, gut issues and LDN doesn't agree with you not to give up. You can actually try the sublingual drops. There are, You can also have LDN in a liquid form which is very good when you're titrating your, di- your dose up. Um, for children and in fact adults who prefer to use um, cream, there's um, an LDN cream which works very, very well. Some compounders make it in a capsule form and some make it in a tablet form. I have tried every different form of LDN and have found them to be equally effective. Now, I mentioned some of those issues like Crohn's. Is this the same kind of mechanism of action, the LDN of mechanism of action with autoimmune diseases? Because one of the things that we are being... I, I, I won't want to use this word, but I will use it bombarded with is a lot of people are coming under fire with autoimmune diseases. Is LDN useful and does it have that same mechanism of action for autoimmune diseases? Yes. Like I was saying, there's, we have a list now of 214 conditions which have an autoimmune component. So if you have any awful condition that does have an autoimmune component, even if it's not on the list, the chances are that it could work for you. And of course, it's a very cheap inexpensive drug where it costs depending on which pharmacy you get it from it could be $20 to $30 a month for the LDN it, it's not an expensive drug yeah it's not it's inexpensive and it, it seems to you know work for a lot of people and not a lot of people have heard of it and that's really why I wanted to get you on into talking about this thing and try to spread the word on mm-hmm. something helpful and useful for people it's the- an o- opiate blocker um, when, when you were saying, um, I can't remember how you, you phrased it now, but there are some doctors that don't look into LDN and they think it's an opioid, uh, but it's actually an opioid antagonist. So it's the opposite of an opioid. It blocks any opiates. So if you do take LDN, you can't take at the same time any opiate based painkillers because it wouldn't work. And I was going to ask you that anyway, and that's a great segue into, I come from the pharmaceutical industry and we always had to kind of be aware of other drug interactions. If someone was using an antibiotic, we had to know what to tell the doctor, say, don't use this with this. Is LDN pretty tolerable with uh, other drugs or do you have to watch out for it if something's going to turn that mechanism of action off? Normally only um, the opioid painkillers. Years ago, they used to say, you know, back in like 2010, you shouldn't be taking LDN with steroids, but Jill Smith still used steroids in her Crohn's trial. So we knew that LDN still worked and it was safe to take with steroids. We now know that it can be taken with immune suppressant drugs and there have been some trials that have used those. So that was something else that years ago people were being very cautious and, and we're saying no to immune suppressants, but they, they're okay. Um, you can take antibiotics 
with LDN. It's just really, you know, pain relief that you can't take. Then there are different schools of thoughts with tramadol because although tramadol is a synthetic opioid, it's not from the poppy, it's it's synthetic. And as such, there are doctors that I know and pharmacists that say it's okay to take um, tramadol with LDN. Others will say cautiously, don't have both in the system at the same time. You know, if you're going to take tramadol, take it during the day, make sure it's out of the system before you take the LDN in the evening or vice versa, whichever way you want to do it. So there are ways of getting around pain relief. But if you were thinking at home, if you had some opiate-based painkillers and you wanted to take LDN, really the safest option is ibuprofen or paracetamol. Yeah, I remember from my pharmaceutical days that there wasn't a lot that tramadol doesn't react with. So... (laughs) So you're exactly right on that. Viruses. And you you talked earlier about HIV virus and the trials that they did with low-dose metrexonal HIV were pretty positive. Something that's kind of jumped on the scene a little bit now is Epstein-Barr virus. A lot of people are more aware of Epstein-Barr virus. Is there anything out there with LDN for the Epstein-Barr virus? Well, funnily enough, I had Epstein-Barr virus, which we call glandular fever over here, when I was 13. And that was when I first became sick. I think that was the underlying cause to my MS after speaking to a lot of other people and doctors talking about Epstein-Barr. I would say I don't know any trials or studies, but I know there are a lot of people out there that have had it and are doing really well with LDN. It would be interesting to see if I'd still got the antibodies in my in my blood. I need a blood test to, to have a look at that. It'd be very interesting because I know that a lot of things that are coming, especially with autoimmune, they're linking autoimmune to some viruses. And one of those viruses is this Epstein-Barr virus, which mm-hmm. is very good that LDN kind of helps with you know the viruses and with help building the immune system, which is what you need to do when you have anything that's autoimmune. This was amazing to me, and I wanted you to talk about it because I'm sure there are not a lot of people that are aware of it. Many people are toxic. We have toxicity issues. Most people who are sick probably have toxicity issues where the body has become toxic from things that we're eating environmental things. How does low-dose naltrexone help with with toxicity? There are a lot of people that take LDN for different issues where they've got toxicity in their body, which they tell me works very well. I haven't actually spoken to many doctors on that subject. Uh, Maybe that's a topic we should uh, think about having. But when you were saying um, about LDN boosting the immune system, Dr. Ian Sagal who has done a lot of these trials uh, in laboratories on LDN, says that LDN regulates a dysfunctional immune system. And I like that way of of putting it, that it actually regulates it, makes it do what it's meant to do. Bookie, I think you were saying something about glutathione and helping with glutathione as well, which is glutathione is kind of like the master antioxidant. So it, it helps with that glutathione. I wanted to get into some practical things about LDN, what to look for, how to go about asking for it. If I don't know anything about LDN, what do I go in and tell my doctor if I have some type of autoimmune issue and I'm just going in and I want to talk to my doctor about this and my doctor has not used low-dose naltrexone ever. What would be okay. the way well, to Well, there, there, there is an appendix in the book which is dedicated to that exact question. 
on how do you approach your your doctor it's at the back i can hear you flicking through but we also have an ldn fact sheet uh, which is updated every year, which is available on the LDN Research Trust website on the homepage. And at the moment, we are having um, volunteers translating the fact sheet into many different languages. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, I've got two of them back already. We've got it in Dutch and Czechoslovakian right now, but it's going to be in Italian and German, French, Spanish, Portuguese. I think there were about 13 languages we going to have it translated into so that is a big help and it gives the information to your doctor in this fact sheet explaining what ldn is how it works the mechanism of action how you take it what it's prescribed for what any side effects are it's very comprehensive and it's there and it's free for people to download there are a lot of things that are located on the internet one of those things is being able to get your prescriptions from non-reliable sources (laughs) <laughs> what what would you have to say about if I'm trolling the internet and I come across some LDN, what do I need to look out for? Is there a higher quality versus a low quality of low-dose naltrexone? Well, first and foremost, naltrexone is a prescription-only drug. So that means LDN is a prescription-only drug. And when you buy a prescription medication, whether you're here in England or over there in America, there are rules and regulations. The premises are checked. There is quality checks. It has to be what it says it is. But if you go onto the internet and buy naltrexone or low-dose naltrexone without a prescription, there are no quality controls. There's no checks. It can be anything, you know, and life is very precious. Why would you want to play Russian roulette with it? We know that um, the MHRA, which is the medicines regulatory body in England, they say it's really high, like 84% of all medicines that are shipped into the UK without a prescription are actually fake. You know, you're lucky if it's just placebo, but you can be unlucky and actually have it where it's harmful. And I have known two people now that have taken drugs off the internet, took the risk and the chance and ended up with the dire circumstances. You know, I really, really would not recommend it to anybody to buy a prescription-only drug without a prescription. It really is foolish, is putting it mildly. It, it, it's not a good idea. And especially when you can buy it so cheaply, buy it, pay for it. You have your prescription filled and you pay for it. So you have to make sure that you get it from a reputable pharmacy. You need to make sure that the filler is fast release. If it's slow release, it doesn't work properly. It's got to go into your body, do its job and then leave. It, it can't be, as I say, slow release. So it's over a period of time. So they are things that you really need to, to check out first. But we have a list on our website of pharmacies that um, use rapid release fillers. And the filler of choice is Abacel. I can't remember. Abacel. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Microcrystalline or something. Microcrystalline. Okay. You mentioned having a, a low quality and what might happen. You said you had two friends with that. Mm. Normal LDN, good quality LDN. We get it from the pharmacy. What are some things we might look for when it comes to side effects? Okay. Normally, um, from surveys that we've done, only 5% of people 
experience any side effects. And as we were saying earlier, <laughs> the mind is quite an amazing thing. And if people are looking for side effects, you can talk yourself into having side effects. So it really is, isn't any big deal. You could have sleep disturbance, vivid dreams. And for those people that I was saying with gut issues, you could have um, an upset stomach. And if that was uh, an issue, you could then switch to the sublingual drops or the cream. But nothing nasty is going to happen to you um, taking LDN. You would have to be extremely unlucky for that to happen. It's a very, uh, it's not a toxic drug. It's not a harmful drug. And as I say, most people don't notice any side effects. And the people that have the vivid dreams say that they're in Technicolor and they are 3D and they are wonderful. And some people say they can't wait to go to sleep. These dreams are amazing. I feel robbed. I didn't have vivid dreams <laughs> yeah it seems like it's a, it seems like it's a well-tolerated drug the last two questions for you i know you're getting tired and you're, you're over in england it's just about midday for me but the last two questions would be just the course of therapy for you you had ms is yeah. this something that are you taking ldn on a daily basis and if you are for something like ms is that going to translate differently for someone who might have something that's maybe not as serious what's the the actual course of therapy is it a daily dose are you taking it once a week how does that actually work out it's a daily dose okay. and people will say to me you know oh it's working really really well for whatever condition it might be when can i stop it well it's only going to work while you take it. If you decide to stop it, you're going to go back to how you were before. And for me, that is not a prospect I would, I would enjoy. I would do anything to continue taking LDN. You know, it, it doesn't make you gain weight. It does, it's not addictive. It stays in your body for like four hours and then he's gone. So you get like a 20-hour break a day anyway. Um, and then as far as I look at it, if you're... Have you got heart problems or high cholesterol or something where you're taking daily medication? Why not continue taking LDN on a daily basis? How long does it take to work? Is it different? Like you have MS. You mentioned, I think at the beginning, you said three weeks you you woke up and you felt like that brain fog was gone. Is mm -hmm. that three weeks for everybody or for some people, is, is, is it noticeable right off? The, there are people who say after the first dose that they've slept better and they will say they continued improving from there there are other people well when I interview doctors and ask that question how long has it been you know for your patients to notice something works the rule of thumb is by four months doctors would expect a patient to have noticed something but we uh, these many of these conditions are progressive diseases so if you actually manage to stabilize a condition that's still got to be a success because you're halting the progression and from one survey we did, we found that there were a percentage of people who found that LDN stabilized them where they'd been going downhill quite quickly that actually stabilized. And then after 15 to 18 months, don't ask me why it took so long, but after they'd been stable for that length of time, then they started to get symptom relief. So we always say to people, you know, if you don't think LDN is working for you, you know, give it 18 months before you decide to stop. <clears throat> but the number of people who take or had taken LDN and decided it doesn't work for me, stop. And then it's like, oh, I'd forgotten that I had to 
go to the toilet so often, I'd forgotten that this was a problem and, and symptoms started to come back. So most people tend to stop and then restart again because they have noticed things they had forgotten that was wrong with them. Because the mind's m amazing because mm -hmm. even myself, as I was going downhill, every morning I'd wake up and there was something else that didn't work. And you immediately think, oh, no, you know, I, I now can't feel my toes. My toes are dead. And then the next day it would be another part of you, something had happened. And it was so noticeable. But when it's the other way around, you just take it for granted that, okay, my feet aren't numb today, but it doesn't register. It just feels normal. So as you improve, it's not so noticeable if you don't keep a journal. Um, and it's only when you stop that these things reappear again. Yeah, it's amazing because you and I were talking about this before we got on. So it's, it's so amazing that, you know, you're talking about it. The last question is, is there optimal time to take this? Like for me, I've noticed that magnesium, when I take magnesium at night, I feel I rest so much better than versus like trying to take it during the day. For the LDN, is there an optimal time to take it? Do you take it at bedtime? Or is it daytime or, or whenever? The preferred time to take it is in the evening because you make more endorphins during the night. But there are doctors who will say that their patients find that their sleep is so disturbed that they tell them to take it in the mornings. And I know hundreds of people who take LDN in the morning and they prefer taking it in the morning. They say it gives them more energy throughout the day. I myself take it at bedtime. I have this ritual where I get ready for bed, I clean my teeth, then I take my my LDN. That way I don't forget it. Um, but as I say, there are people that do take it in the morning, but the preferred time is at night. Well, we got to get you into bed now because I know it's getting late over there. But uh, is there anything that you want to add? I know that you have your foundation. You're doing something and you mentioned with me you're going to be doing something important. You just had something that was two and a half hours away from me in Orlando a couple of months ago. <laughs> but is there anything you want to add for the listeners out there who might be considering low-dose uh, naltrexone? I would say do your own research. That's always a good start. And as I say, we have this information pack, which is on our website, which is www.ldnresearchtrust.org. And we also have the Vimeo channel, which you can get the links from the website it's the LDN Research Trust where you can listen to people. And I think it's amazing if you've got a condition and you're housebound and you don't go out and let's say uh, Hashimoto's, that you don't know anybody else with Hashimoto's, to actually listen to somebody else's story and to see that they've walked down the same path you're walking down, it, it's just amazing. And it's so helpful that you can relate to somebody else. So if you do have conditions, and I think we've got about 88 different conditions on there at the moment, you might be lucky enough to find somebody who is sharing a story similar to your own. We also have an LDN app, um, which is going to be the world's largest LDN survey. The app is free. It's a journal and you can track pain, sleep, medications. You can put it on your Mac or your PC, your Android phone, your iPhone, and they all sync together. And that is free. And you can print out graphs and charts to show your doctor. And usually it's quite interesting because some people start off on 14 to 20 different medications. And after being on LDN for a few months, that usually goes down quite considerably. People normally end up taking 
just the LDN or two or three different medications. So that's interesting to see. And indeed, we had the LDN conference in Orlando in February, and we're going to be having the next one in September 2017 in Portland in Oregon in the, in the September, uh, I think 21st to the 24th, a three-day event. So maybe, Darren, we can persuade you to come and join us. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to come out of Portland. I've never been there, and uh, I'd love to come. I'll put it in the universe and see what the universe says about it. But um, exactly. I, yeah, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and, and bringing this to the masses, because like I said, I heard about it maybe three, four years ago when I was doing a podcast on SIBO and um, just came across your information on the Internet. I was like, wow, I need to have her on because this is something that a lot of people don't know about and it can really help them improve you know, some of the things they're going through and give them a better quality of life. But Linda, I really appreciate you doing this. I know it's getting late over where you are, but um, I really, again, appreciate your time and um, good luck with everything you're doing in the future. Thank you very much. And don't forget, if people want to find out more about LDN, there is the LDN book that you were referring to earlier. If you yep. just put it in Google, the LDN book, it comes up. Yep, you just put the LDN book, and all of these books are located on Amazon. I think everybody shops on Amazon, whether you're a yes. local internet <laughs> bookstore. I'm not sure if this is in the library. I didn't check out my local library, but maybe my, I will check. But again, you can get this on Amazon, and I'm going to put in the show notes the website. It's LDNResearchTrust.org. And then I didn't – what was your Vimeo channel again? Um, LDN Research Trust. LDN Research Trust. Okay, yeah, I'll put those in the show notes for everyone. And again, Linda, thank you so much. Thank you.